The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again, he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, he will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard this, his parable, they knew that he was speaking about them. And although they were attempting to arrest him, they feared the crowds, for they regarded him as a prophet. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. There were, there's lots of places to start with all of our readings, but uh, uh, where I chose to go was um, the stone the builders rejected. It seems so obvious and easy for us to understand, and those are always the places where I think Jesus is trying to tell us something a whole lot more. Uh, so I dug in a little bit to what exactly does that mean and there's lots of scriptural references back to what God wanted to have happen, especially when it came to building an altar. In Exodus, he was talking about unhewn stones, stones that had not been tooled or where iron had touched the stone. It had to be natural. So, there wasn't any idea of man putting the finishing touches on the altar. It was God's altar. And natural stone had to be used. Uh, we see this come back around with King David. David wanted to build the house of, for God. And he said, no, because you're a man of war. There'll be another that will build didn't want it built with man-made effort. This is God's house. It needs to be pure and not influenced by man's attempt. Well, the, uh, in our gospel reading, 
the son is killed, the son of the, the tenant, uh, the, the landlord. And that brings us back to, because we know Jesus is talking about himself in this parable. And with it being Friday, Stations of the Cross, of course, I'm thinking of as we walk the stations and we get to 11 where Jesus is nailed to the cross and he dies on station 12. Station 11, those were iron nails that Jesus was nailed to the cross. He was really talking about how he's going to be rejected, disqualified. That's what it meant when a stone, uh, if, if iron or anything touched it, it couldn't be used for the altar. Well, here he is. He's the stone that's become the cornerstone. And here on the cross, Jesus is nailed to the tree, to the cross, with an iron nail. The iron hits the unhewn stone. Well, as I'm thinking about that, now I'm really drawn to our stations over here, and I get to the point of Jesus dies, uh, station 12, and he's taken down on station 13. And as we always do, we, we stop with the stations and we kneel at Christ's death. But it's interesting, as we look at the situation that our sanctuary is laid out, we have the icon of Mary right there. And I've always thought, well, where else would they put it? It just seems so, you know, that's, that's obviously the place to put it. Well, I think there's a whole lot more thinking that goes beyond that because right there in the middle of Jesus dying on the cross and being taken down from the cross, well, we know that Mary was there, right? And Mary's at the foot of the cross. And and we have this, I brought uh, my little statue. You may have the statue of the Piata, uh, Mary holding Jesus' body, really at the bottom of station 13. And here's Mary holding this lifeless body of Jesus that's been rejected. Everything that we've heard in this gospel reading, the son's rejected. He was rejected with nails. And here's Mary at the bottom of station 13 with Jesus. What a, it's just, it's agony, isn't it, to really think about the pain and wound that Mary has holding her son. When you look at this statue, whenever you reflect on it, you just think, what pain, what pain. And so I was looking at this and I noticed something. Her left hand. Anybody else notice this left hand? It's raised in faith. She's got Jesus' body in her total right hand, but here in her left hand, it's turned upward to the Lord. 
And, and if you look at the face, it's not one of agony, certainly not happiness, but it's solid. It's confident. And I thought, where did this come from, this faith? At the bottom, you're, we go through all the stations, and here is Mary. Where does this hand come from? Well, I start to think about the rest of our sanctuary. We're surrounded by the joyful mysteries. Think about Mary's history. We've got Gabriel. This is your son who is a king and his kingdom will never end. Simeon, this is the savior, the promised one. Jesus, the lost in the temple. I'm in my father's house. I'm the son. We have the nativity. And the angel said, yes, is the savior. And three kings show up out of nowhere looking for the king. Mary lived all of this. And the best of all, in our visitation chapel, out of Elizabeth's mouth, she says, Blessed are you for believing the fulfillment of what the Lord has told you. That hand, that hand turned up, believing the performance, the other words that go along with this fulfillment, performance, the fulfillment, the uh, perfection, all of that. Mary understands this and believes it. It's, I look at this, and this is like the birth of a new faith. It's never happened again. And this is the faith that we're being asked to replicate. This faith of Mary right here that just started, they, this is ground zero of this faith right there, over there between 12 and 13. What a perfect placement for us to go when we think about what the Lord has told us about this king and his reign, which will never end. What a perfect place right there for us to reflect not on Mary, but this faith that raised this hand to the Lord. Any wound, any deep wound. So Augustine has a really fabulous quote. In my deepest wound, I saw God's glory and it dazzled me. When we think about this hand being raised, any of our deep wounds, maybe we don't have this deep of a wound, but we all have our deepest wound. And we have to start seeing what Mary sees. God makes tremendous, wonderful things out of the deepest wound. And we can be dazzled by that. I think that's the purpose. One of the things we need to try and get out of Lent, yes, penitential, but a deeper, deeper faith. And one, just like Mary has, 
where we raise our hand to the Lord in confidence. Let's stand and offer.